Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tom Kang. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. My life is kind of crazy. Like the time my brothers dumped me in a ditch to make a buck. Or the time my boss's wife hit on me. Hmm? That was awkward. I took the rap board, too. Stuff happens that can make anyone mad. But when God's in control, sometimes crazy is the new normal. Do I sound like a madman? My name is Joe. And you never saw this coming. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered. And he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did. Just be honest, does that music make anyone else here want to dance, right? It's true, okay. Well, anyways, hey everyone, I'm Pastor Tom, and I want to welcome you to episode number two of Madman, a series where we are trying to keep pace with this outrageous Old Testament life of Joseph, otherwise known as Joe Cool. Because when we were first introduced to him, actually just last week, we saw that uh, he actually handled a lot of things that came his way, a lot of craziness, be it sibling rivalry, jealousy, hatred. Joe somehow always managed to keep his cool during that stuff. In fact, uh, we were saying how although the typical American dream goes what direction? Up and to the right, right? Uh, Although that's the typical American dream, Joe's life was a lot more like this. If you remember, you can just draw this in your notes as well here. His life did not go up and to the right. His life was looking a lot more like that. And as a matter of fact, uh, not only was it a downward spiral, but it was a downward spiral for many reasons. Uh, First of which, right here, it all started with a little bit of family drama. You guys remember that? We talked about how even on TV these days, you got modern family, desperate housewives. There's always all this family drama. Joseph actually had it worse. Uh, His family drama, he had the type of brothers, he had the type of family that actually threw him into a pit, left him for dead. Not only that, but then they said, hey, you know what? Let's not just throw him into a pit and just, you know, just forget about him. We might as well make a buck off of him, exploit him, take advantage of him if we can. And we also talked about how just like any other drama, this drama also had to have some of this right? It wouldn't be a drama without that. And last but not least, we saw a little bit of this and how it's getting worse and worse and worse. And we're going to see more of that today, okay? But even in the midst of this downward spiral, even in the midst of all this drama, we still ended last week with just a little bit of hope as we realized that God above 
sees the whole picture. He just doesn't see the side, side view here. He sees the whole picture. In fact, he sees it from an entirely different angle, an entirely different perspective. God above sees things from a unique top-down perspective, so to speak. He sees the whole picture, and he's always, always at the center of it all. And this is why in the last episode, we, we saw a little sneak peek here. We're going to see another one right now. This is why in the last episode, next week, episode number three, Joseph is able to declare to his brothers. He says this. He says, you intended to harm me, but God actually intended it for good. See, folks, there's this sort of belief and trust that no matter how bad things may be, no matter how bad things may look for you right now, no matter where you are on this downward spiral, God is actually up to good. That's the thing. And, and you know what? I, I, I know. I, I, I get it. Some of you are like, no way. Whatever. That is not my life. You know, as a matter of fact, I was talking to a friend a couple of weeks ago who actually is estranged from his brother. They're actually both believers. These are two brothers. They're both believers. They were actually, from what I understand, they were, they were in the same business together, and that business has totally fallen apart, and it's not only destroyed them financially, it's destroyed them as a family. And, and, and he was sharing with me how basically, you know, Tom, we can't even look at each other. We can't even, and the, and the, 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 the worst thing about it is the little kids are starting to pick up on it, on their little cousins and whatnot. I mean, it's just a sad thing. Uh, another guy found out that his wife has, had, has been having an ongoing affair with another person for the past two and a half years. Now you tell me, how is this going to be for any good? I get it. That, that may be your question. How does God use something like that for good? I understand. And you know what? Our madman, Joseph, is going to speak directly to that but here's the thing before it gets a little bit a little bit better it's going to get a little bit worse in fact turn with me in your bibles to genesis chapter 39 i'm going to ask for the lights to be lifted here just a little bit genesis 39 found on page 29 in your scriptures and this is where we're going to pick up on episode two and find joseph is in an entirely new completely new environment genesis chapter 39 verse 1 says this now joseph had been taken down to egypt potiphar an egyptian who was one of pharaoh's officials the captain of the guard brought him from the ishmaelites who had taken him there verse two he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. Verse number four, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. And so me, immediately, immediately we see Joseph becomes an actual success. Uh, not only was the house uh, of this Egyptian master Potiphar a lot nicer than the pit that he had been in, it was a lot nicer than here, right? But Joseph actually, he, he starts to develop a little bit of a, of a reputation, a good one actually. Uh, soon enough, scripture actually tells us that, that he becomes Potiphar's right-hand man in charge of everything in the household right? So basically what we're understanding here, what, the picture that we're starting to see is that Joseph begins to accrue a lot of power and influence, stuff that he never had before, right? He has all this power and influence, and, and, and you all know what happens next, right? This is a pretty famous story here. 
It's the kind of thing that happens a lot when a man starts to accrue a little bit of power and influence. Oh, come on now, you, you know what happens next. Bum chicka wah wah! Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, ladies. What is it about power and success that you find so attractive in a man? I'm, I know I'm going to get emails about that, but just bear with me here. I mean, seriously, you think that it's cliche, but the reality is what happens next could have been pulled right off the cover of Time magazine. Now, Joseph was well built and handsome. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, Come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he is entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. One day, he went into the house to attend to his duties and none of the household servants were inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, Come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. Yeah, you know something, folks? I was not kidding. Time's ma- Time Magazine's latest cover actually reads, Sex, Lies, and Arrogance. I don't know if you've seen this. What makes powerful men act like pigs? Yeah, that's the real live cover. And as many of you may have guessed already, the cover story is actually all about the recent, you know, trashy escapades surrounding California's former governor, Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? And the recently resigned IMF chief, Dominique Strauss-Kahn. Yeah. And seriously, it's a good question, isn't it? I mean, what does make powerful men like Schwarzenegger and Dominique, what does make powerful men act like pigs. No offense to the pig, right? See, Joseph somehow manages to buck the system. Now, how is that? How how is it that he managed to avoid the day after day after day temptation from his boss's wife constantly hitting on him? What does it say right there in verse 9? He says to her, My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against who? God. That's right. Notice how Joe doesn't try to muster up you know, enough sort of inner fortitude, strength, or willpower from within. He doesn't look inside to suppress the desire against temptation. He, he knows eventually that's a lost cause. See, instead, Joseph, he looks on the outside towards God. God, what would you have me do? God, what is most pleasing to you? God, what does this look like in your sight? And, and that's actually what eventually leads him to this heart of, you know what? God, God is the one that has led me to find favor in my boss's eyes, in your husband's eyes. How then could I possibly trample on all that God has done for me, all that he's blessed me with? And you see what, folks? That's that's how true self-control really works. Not looking within, but looking on the outside towards God. 
See, it's not about suppressing the desires of your will. Oh, you know, I just will do this. Oh, I got to stop doing that. No, 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 it's not about that. Instead, it's about a sort of like a reordering of the desires in your heart and placing God's desires above your own. So let me ask you something right now. Is God your number one priority? Or does something else, or does someone else, however noble and good, actually take God's place? You see, for Joseph, it was clear. God was on the forefront of his heart and mind. God was undoubtedly his number one priority, and it made all the difference in Joe's life. Let me go live here for a little bit. Eric and I, you know, we have these, um, we have these friends, a uh, couple, they are married. They've been married for about five years or so, and they are just the sweetest, most beautiful couple you ever want to meet. Uh, they actually just had a baby. We celebrated that. Awesome stuff. Sweet, young, beautiful family. But we learned recently that they are both staring down the barrel of the ugliest divorce I've ever heard of. It is shocking. Like, our hearts stopped. It turns out that the guy has been uh, cheating on her while she was pregnant. And uh, this, is, this has fostered a lot of conversation in the, in the Kang household. Uh, my wife, one of the nights... Uh, this was like nights, days after we had heard it. We had been talking about, praying about it. And then, and, and then a couple nights later, she's like, you know, you, Tom, I just, help me understand. What, you'd never do this to me and the girls, would you? And I was like, but, sweetie, what, what are you? No, of course not. Why are you even asking me? And I, I started getting like all def- I'm not a pig like that. What are you talking about? Right? And I started getting a little defensive, a little bit angry, a little agitated, right? And uh, let me tell you something. I remember that night so well because as I lay there in bed, I just started wondering. I, I wouldn't do that, right? I mean, gosh, I don't think I would. And uh, to be completely honest with you, I woke up that next morning, and I had to go to my wife, and I had to confess to her, you know, sweetie, without God as my number one priority, I am capable of anything, anything. See, short of Christ being my number one priority, my fidelity is suspect, you, you can't trust me, people. I'm talking to you now. You can't trust me because I'm a pastor. You, you can't trust me because, because I'm a nice guy. You can't trust me, Erica, because I come from a good family that, that has never seen divorce in it. No, no, no. Short of Christ being my number one priority, my number one passion, I am capable of anything. And so are you. And so are you. And so are you. 
Which is why Joseph's statement is so revealing. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Guys, fellas, let me, let me ask you something. Is that what you think when you're sort of, you know, flipping through the channels late at night? Or is it, or, instead of that, is it, is it something like, oh, you know, I, 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 gosh, I hope my wife doesn't. No, you see, you see, most of the time it's, you know, oh, I hope she doesn't catch me. I just, yeah, I, I hate to disappoint her or. Or, or sometimes it's, no, I, I just, ah, man, I want to skip this stuff. I don't, I don't want to look at, I don't want to disappoint myself and get all depressed and stuff like that. But here's the question. Who's first and foremost in Joseph's mind, no matter what the occasion? It's God. It's God. And do you know what happens? <laughs> Let me ask you this. Let's take it a step further. Do you know what happens when God becomes first and foremost in your heart and mind? Do you know what actually happens when you start following God and making him your number one priority? Do you know what happens? Oh, this is exciting. This is really good. What happens is everything in your life becomes restored. That's right. Things go immediately up and to the right all the time. Oh, no, no, no way. No, no. Sometimes, sometimes when we follow God, sometimes things get a little bit crazier. Yeah. You see, you, you want to talk about driving a man mad? After doing all the right things for all the right reasons, with the right heart, resisting temptation, day after day after day, you would think things would get better for our buddy Joe. Nope. Things actually get a little bit crazier. She kept his cloak beside her until the master came home. Then she told him this story. That Hebrew slave you brought us came to me to make sport of me. But as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. When the master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, This is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. I tell you what, to some degree, you just got to feel for this guy, right? I mean, it is really sheer, utter madness. Th think of it this way. Joseph, his life was so spotless, so pure, and so clean at this point that people actually had to make things up about him in order to drag him down. And honestly, honestly, if I'm Joseph at this point, this might be the exact moment in the drama where I just sort of, you know, throw up my hands and say, why even bother? Why bother? 
I do my best, I resist, I follow the Lord, and it just, I wind up in, in worse situation? Folks, let me ask you this, okay? Have you ever been accused, maybe at work or in a relationship? You ever been accused? Uh, how about this? L- let me ask you over here. Uh, have you ever been accused unjustly? How about that, huh? Yeah? Ever been accused of rape? That's exactly what's going on here. Folks, if this, if this right here were your story, be honest now. Would you have bailed out a long time ago or what? Come on. Come on. And because you told the truth. I mean, that you stuck to your guns. You, you, you held on to the truth. You walked with integrity. And God's holy reward for you God's reward for you holding on to your integrity, while 99% of other men, other people would have hopped into that bed, God's reward for you was to actually throw you into prison? Are you kidding me? That's his reward? Maybe you feel like, maybe you feel like you've been imprisoned all these years, you know? Maybe you feel like there's been some injustice happening. Look at verse 20 here. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. I I don't know if you've ever been a place in your life where you feel like nobody, nobody, nobody cares about the injustice that you've had to suffer. Maybe you feel like that. Maybe you feel like you've been locked up and in solitude for a while. Now, I've got to be honest with you, okay? Honestly, the closest I ever come to scrapes with the law, honest moment, is probably when I get like a parking ticket or something. Honestly. I, this just happened last week, right? I don't know about you, but I, I live in this weird town where if you park your car outside of your house on the curb by the street, uh, and you leave it there overnight, you get ticketed. I didn't know this. I found this out the hard way. Uh, I wake up one morning and bam, there's a $35 ticket uh, on my window there. Right? And it's in the law. Everyone in the town knows it apparently except for me. Uh, but you know something? You know something? I deserved it. I was rightfully ticketed. It was completely my fault. I deserved it. No question. The only question is if I'm going to pay for it. But anyways, but, but you know something? don't you know it, don't you, as soon as I saw that thing, I, I just burned, I got so annoyed, I started coming up with all these bitter, very bitter rationalizations and excuses, like, you know, what kind of a stupid law is this, what kind of crazy town is this, I mean, can't they even give you a warning, don't the cops in this town have anything better to do at 4 a.m. in the morning than ticket family, you know, family men and working class citizens, I mean, what, what, yada, 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 all this stuff, and all of that, even when, I, even when I was completely in the wrong. Do you, know, do you know what I'm talking about? See, the Apostle Peter from the New Testament, he, he has a word for us. He says this, For it is commendable if a man bears up the pain of unjust suffering. Why? Because he is conscious of God. Verse 20. But how is it to your credit if you receive a parking ticket? I'm, I'm sorry, it says beating. If you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it. But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this 
is commendable before God. Right now, right now, you may be suffering unjustly in your life. You may be falsely accused, but you know what? If you continue to be conscious of God, God sees that as great credit to you. See, Joseph was commendable before God, meaning he was someone that God had great confidence in. God was proud of his boy Joseph. He was proud of him because even though he was falsely accused, Joseph didn't cave in. He didn't abandon God, nor did God abandon Joseph. Some of you are like, ho, 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 wait a minute. Wait. I see the part where Joseph didn't abandon God, but did you just say that God did not abandon Joseph? Really? Really? You, 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 some of you are like, well, where is God in all this? Show me, because the Joseph that you showed me, uh, he was in the pit, and then he wound up in prison. And you're saying that God didn't abandon him? Where was God in all of this? Verse 21 gives us the answer. Verse 21, the first five words there. Let's read this together. The Lord, let's read it together. The Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. Verse 22. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison. Does this sound familiar? Kind of like Potiphar, right? And he was made responsible for all that was done there. Verse 23. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care. Why? Why? Here we go again. What's it say there? Because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. See, folks, the Lord was with Joseph through temptation. And the Lord was with Joseph through accusation. And the Lord was with Joseph through persecution. And let me tell you something. This, <laughs> this right here, this was persecution. Because you know something? This wasn't some like holding cell from like the Dukes of Hazard. You know, Boss Hog and Roscoe Pico. No, no, no. This is like legit. No, if you were accused of actually raping the captain of the guard's wife in militant Egypt, there's no mercy for you. You go straight to death row inside of a maximum security Egyptian pr uh, prison. The place where the king's prisoners were confined. There is no, this is not a fun place right here. And this is so significant because I tell you what, at the end of Joseph's life right here, at this point, Joseph, by the time he, he he's gone through all this, by the time he winds up here, folks, He's at the end of his rope. I mean, come on. This, when he winds up there, this is like the lowest place that he could be. And you can try all the sort of, you know, spiritual Jedi mind trick, precious moment, whatever you want to do, cliches that you want. When, when you've been left for dead in the pit, and things actually get worse, and you wind up in prison, in death row, 
your natural reaction, your natural instinct would be to think that God has abandoned you. As a matter of fact, it would be crazy for you not to think that way. It would be mad for you to not think that. But twice we are told this, but while Joseph was there in the prison, what? The Lord was with him. And then again, in the very last verse of the chapter, verse 23, the warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care. Be- why? Because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. I mean, this, this has to be a mistake, right? The Lord, the Lord was, he was with Joseph? No. Oh, this has got to be some sort of Hebrew mistranslation. This has got to be some sort of grammatical, technical oversight, right? I mean, how can the Bible say, especially here of all places, that the Lord was with Joseph? Let me ask you something. Is that what it looks like when the Lord is with you? I mean, because, you know, call me crazy, but I just, I naturally thought that if the Lord was with you, Things were supposed to get better. Right? I I thought that the Lord, if the Lord was with you, things get better, not worse. I mean, if the Lord is really, really with you, you don't know the prison warden. Right? You, You don't know what it even looks like. You see, folks, in many ways, it all comes down to this question. The question is is this, are you going to define God based on your ability to interpret your own circumstances? Does that make sense? Are you going to define God based on your own ability to determine circumstances or will you trust God based on his character, based on how he reveals himself through his word. In other words, how do you measure? How do you determine the will of God for your life? That's a question. That's a decision that you and I make consciously or subconsciously every single day. You know something? What I appreciate most about our madman, what I appreciate most about Joseph, is that he serves, listen to me now, he serves as a sort of precursor to the person of Jesus Christ. Telegraphing for us this message, do not place your trust, do not place your confidence in circumstances. You need to place your trust in the character of God. Even better, as we'll see later on in the New Testament, you need to place your confidence, your trust in Christ. See, What others may have intended to do to harm you, God intended for good. That's the very foundation of Joseph's story. And it's the key part to the gospel. It's the key part to the story of Jesus. The second, more perfect Joseph, if you will. 
See, folks, let me put it this way. Let, let, let me talk uh, kind of the language of our day, okay? Joseph is a prototype. Joseph is a beta version of Jesus. Joseph is a beta version. Think of it this way, okay? Joseph, you know what? Joseph was actually despised by his brothers. And his robe, which signified his father's love, his robe was stripped from him. Jesus was despised by his own. And he too was given a robe, wasn't he? And he had his flesh torn from him. Joseph is a beta version. See, Joseph, Joseph, if you think about it, Joseph, right? Joseph was actually tempted by a woman. And he resisted. Jesus was tempted by Satan. And he resisted. Joseph, Joseph, he, he wound up on death row with a bunch of king's criminals. Jesus was crucified with common criminals. Joseph is the beta version of Jesus. See, folks, when people look at the cross and think things like, oh, you know, what a tragic, awful life. Oh, you know, Jesus, he was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He was so innocent, yet it all ended so poorly for him. How, you know, how does it end so badly? What you and I have to understand is this, that Jesus was conscious of God and was looking for an eternal perspective and that on the cross, when he looked at men who were accusing him, who were hurling insults at him, who beat him and spit on him, and when his life was going down and down and down, what Jesus was doing, you know, these people were like, you know, save yourself if you're the son of God. But by hanging on the cross, Jesus was saying essentially this, what you intended to harm me, my father has intended for good, good that you don't even understand right now. You couldn't comprehend right now. now. I don't know about you folks. I don't know where you're coming from today. Maybe you came in this uh, today and uh, into this room and, and you know, you know that you've been giving into temptation. Temptation after temptation after temptation. And it's become like this sort of, this sort of addiction. And so you've been listening this whole time and you're like, oh, yeah, you know what? But I, I'm getting what I deserve. I, I deserve it. I, I, temptation, after, I, I'm getting what I deserve. Well, did you know, did you know that because of what Jesus has done on the cross, because of what he's done on the cross, that you can hand all that over to God? All the evil and all the harm, you can hand that over to God and he can and wants to re-enter your situation and turn evil for good. So in a, mo in a minute, I'm going to invite you actually to do just that and, and go to the cross and give him all the intended harm and evil, all the addiction, all the temptations that you fall into. Go to the cross. Or, or, or maybe, maybe you're someone here today and, and you've been falsely accused. And my goodness, do you identify with this? Maybe, maybe you've been on the receiving end. 
uh, of, of someone that's been unfaithful to you. You've been faithful, but they've been unfaithful to you. And, and, and you've, you've had injustice done to you and, and maybe to your loved ones. You, you've been in the right this whole time, but now it is turned into sort of this, this painful persecution. I want to invite you then to the Lord's table. We have that set up as well. I want to invite you to come to the Lord's table. Come and be nourished. Receive from Jesus Christ. Know that he is not wanting to withhold anything good from you. Know that Jesus Christ has not withheld his own body, his own blood, his own love. He gives it all to you. I invite you to receive communion. Or maybe, maybe today all you can see is the darkness and evil around you. That's all you see and that's all you feel. And you know that you need the light of Christ to illuminate your life then what I want to ask you to do is go ahead. I invite you to, to light a candle as a symbol, as a prayer to the Father who knows and sees your situation. He sees it and he knows it. And as you light that candle, I, I, I want to invite you to pray and ask for wisdom. He will not deny you. He will not deny you. Folks, here's the deal. I don't just say, Take a page from the life of Joseph. I don't just want to leave you with that because he's just the 1.0 version. Instead, I want to invite you to respond and take a page from Jesus. He's the real deal. The cross is always the precursor to the crown. The prison is always the precursor to what we'll see next week, the penthouse. And we're going to see that next week, but, but sometimes you have to go through the pit and the prison before you get to the penthouse, as we'll see next week. But for right now, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you now and... It is incredible that your word says four times in that chapter, the Lord was with Joseph, the Lord was with him, the Lord was with Joseph, the Lord was with him. When all that we see and all that Joseph felt was temptation, accusation, and persecution, God, many of us here today, there's not a single one of us, as a matter of fact, there's not a single one of us here today that does not find ourselves in at least one of those categories, either falling into temptation or resisting temptation, perhaps being accused. Our enemy is called the accuser in the scriptures. Or maybe we find ourselves being persecuted right now. Well, what we want to do is we want to cling to your word and we want to cling to your character as it, is, as it is revealed in your word. And your word says that the Lord was with him. 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 God, won't you right now be with us wherever we find ourselves? Give us that mustard seed of faith 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.